Hello, and welcome to the Ecommerce Source Podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Tim McDougal. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing even better because the team voted without you to let to choose which topic we're going to lead with today. You bet. You and, bet. And we- today is the e-commerce source, the October news recap. So all the topics, and, and again, we're not going to profess to be the ultimate news source on all things e-commerce, but there are things that we've talked a lot about internally, things that we thought were most important. And those are the things we wanted to, we do every month on this kind of monthly recap. Yep. This is things that have impacted us and our clients as we're looking to sell more stuff on the internet. So maybe it's imp- impactful or things that for we you. just found amusing yeah. about e-commerce because e-commerce is weird, right? So yeah. every once in a while, you just got to kind of, uh, we're in the middle of Q4. We're in the middle of making sure our team doesn't burn out. But by the time we get to Christmas right now, so sometimes, sometimes it's those weird stories that become the ones we get fixated on. Yep. We'll got to ha- have fun while we're doing this because it's, uh, it's a grind here. So here, the end of here the was the vote, Andy, during our, during our meeting at the end of last week and recording this Monday morning. Um, the vote was, if you have one of these three stories to lead with, and hey, you don't get the vote because you weren't in the Friday meeting. Yep, you were, you were out it. doing things with family, being a good family guy, yep. taking time like that. Um, the three choices were, we could lead with humanoid robots. We could, learn, we could lead with urine as an energy drink. Or we could lead with a new ads-only version of TikTok. Those are the three choices. And there was discussion. We had very <laughs> animated discussion on I this. know which one I'd go with. Which one would you go with, Andy? I would go with the uh, urine as an energy drink. Well, that's that's quite the coincidence because that's where the team went. Not Hey-o. everybody, not unanimous, but that was the majority opinion of the team. So Good pulse of the team on that just, one. Just to have some fun with this, um, you know, this is actually a, a real story. Um, it really happened. Uh, this is, um, and you've already highlighted it. It looks like so you already spotted you already spotted oh, the the I'm, trick in here in the notes. It's one the one I went yes. to first. I was like, if you're not going with this, and I'm I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta start with this one. So so the story behind this is there is a, a British prankster. I believe he's a YouTube prankster named Uba Butler, and this all happened in October. Uh, collected bottles of Amazon delivery driver pee. He then took them, relabeled them, and sold them on Amazon and sold them as an energy drink. Um, and and his his whole thing behind this was he just wanted to see if Amazon had any quality control, if he could actually do this, if he could take their own driver's pee and resell it on Amazon, bottled up as an energy drink. And lo and behold, he became the number one seller in in the UK for bitter lemon drinks. And bitter lemon drinks are a big deal in the UK. I learned that's a big that's a big thing. Um, not so much in the US, but bitter lemon drinks became the number one seller. Um, and for anybody worried about, did he actually send these out? Uh, he actually didn't send any out, canceled all the sales. He got the number one rank. He got the Amazon recommends for bitter lemon drinks in the UK for this. Um, and he actually had the product ready to go and he just couldn't bring himself to send it out. So he canceled it. He'll probably be into trouble in there somewhere. I mean, <laughs> but, but his whole thing was no harm, no foul, right? Does Amazon have any controls for this? Could I actually do that? What, at what point is Amazon going to catch me? And Amazon at no point caught him. On yeah. this. this was something people were supposed to at, at no point did Amazon say, hey, we need to see, I don't know what the UK equivalent of an FDA permit is, mm-hmm. but we need to see somewhere that you're allowed to sell this for people to drink nowhere. Human he, consumption. He could have just shipped it. it, right? So I think the prank went far enough and he called his own prank off uh, at that point. Um, he was like just yeah. hoping that he would get something with Amazon and then it's like Amazon let him down. Yeah, Amazon let him down, but it, number one bestseller in bitter lemon drinks, which by the way, 
I am now officially never going to order a bitter lemon drink off of, <laughs> off of Amazon ever. <laughs> oh man, that's <clears throat> that part is just it's crazy yeah. to me, but it also is it maybe highlights the differences in marketplaces because I feel like we've we've done some energy drink stuff, we've done some and and we've yeah. had to jump through a lot of hoops to get yeah we had to go through a ton of hoops. uh approved to sell right and, yeah i want to i want to understand better because he was getting sales um and obviously he didn't go through any official maybe he lied about the permits i don't know um that hasn't come up but we've worked on a couple different energy drink projects and they're always those are always hard because you're selling water even right. fortified water on amazon is a very hard thing but um yeah he got he got the sales he got ranked number one for bitter lemon drinks, <laughs> and then and then and then called off the called off the the prank before it went live. So yeah. I mean, a tip of the cap to the to this yes. guy uh, for doing the work and getting it set up, and uh, also a big letter of appreciation or note of appreciation for not actually shipping it because that's yes. some disgusting, yes. disgusting stuff. Not, and and there were questions about where he get this. Now Amazon tests all their drivers pretty constantly. Um, to make sure that they're sober on the road oh, and everything else. So we're drug testing Lord. everything else. So Amazon has lots of stored bottles of driver urine. I mean, that's what you get if you're going to do testing all the time. So somewhere he had an in somewhere where he was able to get us. He had a source, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, so. got a fr- yeah, the mater- raw materials were roughly free. Like it's, this guy... You know? I could spend it. I could spend a whole hour speculating about this, but I don't know how predictive that's going to be. So yeah. Um. But that was that was that was what our team voted number one. Somewhere in this podcast, we also got to talk about humanoid robots and the ads only version of TikTok. But well, I Andy, think do you have one you want to lead with? Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to go to uh, Amazon inventory. Uh, I thought you were going to go with this. This, yeah. this would be one of the ones that's top on my list, mostly because uh, new inventory policy as of whatever March of this year, twenty twenty three. And with that new inventory policy, we just weren't exactly sure how everything was going to come uh, out in the holiday season. And coming and as, in- as backstory, for the last three years, Amazon has done things to inventory caps or inventory policy in the fourth quarter that has really screwed over sellers and cost a lot of sales. So, yep. so this goes back to your bold prediction when we did our bold predictions episode at the start of the year, or actually the end of yep. last year. Yep. And your bold prediction, which you thought, these were supposed to be crazy predictions that could come true, but we didn't think would come true. That's why they were bold predictions. Yours was that Amazon will not F us over in Q4 of 2023. Yep. So how are you feeling about your bold prediction right now? You know what? I'm just blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again, Tim. So I'll just go with that. Um, yeah. I felt like it was a possibility, and at the time when we recorded that podcast, I, I there was no known updated inventory policy, right? That hadn't hadn't been announced. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like we talked about, Amazon screwed up. Uh, you know, Prime Day last year they screwed up the inventory. They literally cost you know tens of billions of dollars. I'm not sure yes. of of. And there was a correction, right? So Amazon, um, now the, I guess the big news is it's not big news because we expected to have some major inventory crisis in Q4 and we're not. Amazon did pause their uh, predictions for a bit after Prime Day and everybody got really nervous because they're supposed to release by the third week of the month what the firm number is for the next month. Um, and they were delaying on that. And then when they came out, they did drop the cap a bit, but for I think November. For, for November. And yep. then it was back to normal for December. We think it's still a forecast, not the final. But they didn't drop it so much that anybody 
was going, oh my gosh, we're panicking. So yep. you know, we were trying to keep inventory in there for most of our partners that would have got them through the holiday. Well, and to clarify, the October number was a, was a good, healthy inventory number for all of our clients. And the November number was just a, a, yeah, a I, touch below what October was, which was interesting. Yeah. For some, we saw a bigger drop. So we saw for some a 25% drop in the cap, but most of those partners were running about 30 or 40% of the cap before. So the cap dropped, but we still had room to operate. So yep. we haven't had a case yet where it's restricted us. And we've had one case where they actually raised the cap in November substantially. And that's one, one of our partners that we were right up against the cap again with. So, yep. um, so essentially we're not, at least through November, we'll, we'll cross our fingers when the December numbers come out and are finalized. But November is the, when you're packing the biggest inventory, that's when you're loaded yep. in the most. And there's not anybody we work with who, um, who has to change what they're going to ship in based on what Amazon did on the inventory cap. So first year in four years where we, uh, can go with the inventory that we plan to ship in and don't have to like rejigger plans yep. or figure out where else to sell it. Prioritize SKUs to make sure we're getting the most valuable SKUs into Amazon. I know we had a, we had this as a topic of conversation back in probably August or September when we're, we love, we love to talk sexy things like inventory. Yep. But uh, this, this is one of the ones where, like you said, it's, it's a story because it's not a story and just very thankful at this point that it looks like for our partners, we're going to be able to ship in inventory to the in excess of what we'll actually even sell, which obviously yeah. we'll we'll manage that closely. But yeah. and Amazon deal. did um they did talk about the decrease because they again you're supposed to be around the st- the start of the third week, so you know right between the fifteenth and the twentieth somewhere is where they announced final for next month's inventory, uh, and they didn't until the twenty seventh of October. So everybody was getting a little bit nervous towards the end of the month. Amazon did say that they think. What they reduced November to should have been equal to about five months of inventory for most brands on an average basis, right? So if you spiked during the holidays, you got a little tighter. Yeah. But five months of inventory is what they were reducing it to temporarily. And they said their reasoning was that they wanted to increase their focus on delivery operations Mm because they were overwhelming their delivery. I don't know how that doesn't make much sense to me, though, because bringing in less inventory, that's that's ingesting everything. Your delivery guys are pushing. The, it doesn't change what people are purchasing on Amazon, which is how much your delivery flow is. Yeah. Unless they're just trying to make sure they have stuff not getting stuck back up in there, not getting stacks of stuff where they can't get to. But it didn't make, I guess, to most people a lot of sense saying, well, why, why would... But in the end event, nobody complained too much because nobody got screwed on inventory cap. Yet. Yes. Yet. We, this is this is Amazon and it could it can things, still, it things can could still change. Have, things yep. could change. Yep. Um but this is also where Amazon where the humanoid robot comes in, so we might as well bring that in here now. Uh if you've watched those videos about the Boston Dynamics robots like that jumping are going around, over boxes. The and, ones that have like the backward legs and look yep. kind of creepy, it's kinda cool, but also kind of creepy what they can do. Yeah. Um they now have one of those robots working in the warehouse along alongside with one of the all the regular warehouse workers doing the regular warehouse worker's job. Um, and they have him tested there. So far, he's very efficient, they're saying. They gave him a name called Digit. Um, <laughs> there's even videos up on YouTube of Digit going and pulling things off the shelf and bringing them to the bins. So Digit is, in what seems very science fiction-ish, there's Digit with this. And the video I saw even had the yellow vest. That's awesome. So And him walking alongside with everybody else. on him. I just want to know: Is he getting hazed by the other by the other warehouse workers? I mean, do they do they make fun? Do they like try and make buddies with him, or do they do they hate him? Yeah. I mean, I I want to know what actually I would. There could be like a whole 
this could be a whole reality series of what's happening when Digit's walking around. Does Digit go to the break room? What's he do? Does he have does he have breaks? Does he ignore breaks? I don't you know don't say this too loud because Amazon they have their own you know streaming service they may they may put that into production you never know I I would watch I would <laughs> want to see what's happening with Digit I want to see if people are like jamming like if people are taking like uh, they're taking like needles and jamming into his knee joints to sac- to it's you know sabotage sabotage him a little bit make job. him less efficient yeah keep your job so yeah. are you know what's going on with that um, next topic up here I did want to talk, um, and we're going to do a longer. I don't. I don't want to get into all the details on it because I think we're going to do a longer podcast on this coming up as we get more into it. But one of the big topics for us, you know, real topics about how we sell, is the emergence, and really in October, kind of be, it's been coming for a while. But in October, the emergence of all these efforts to drive affiliate marketing into marketplace channels. Yeah. Um, and that's been out there for a while. I mean, there's been affiliate, there's been, you know, Amazon affiliates program has been out there forever, right? Um, the problem has been as a seller, unless you have like a full-time person to manage an affiliate programs on the client side, right? Or, or a department in many cases, or to, to do influencers, right? It's really hard to do that at scale without somebody putting a lot of time in to manage those relationships, make sure payments are made, go find people, recruit them, negotiate terms, um, give them briefs to as to what to promote or negotiate all the different terms, all the different affiliates. It's really been, it's a viable channel. There are people doing it well, but it's something that you have to dedicate a ton of time and resources to, to do well. Yeah. And so it's really thrived more in the DTC world than it has in the marketplace world. When you say DTC, you're talking about through e-commerce, e-commerce, e-commerce websites, websites. Yeah. that's, that's, there's, yeah. um, you know, um, one of the companies we talked to last week was great on doing that kind of stuff and building up affiliate networks, and that's how they built their business. Um, but for the most place on marketplaces, people scaled with ads, not with because these affiliate programs. You know, trying to manage them within Amazon was hard. Trying to recruit them was hard. Just the time and effort involved in getting them going was really hard. So Amazon launched at the uh, Accelerate event in September. They had soft rolled it before, but they launched it officially in September. Their uh, version of a program like that to scale it, which um, that's the Amazon Creator Connections program. Um, and then Shopify has had their Shopify collabs for a while where they help you manage that. And there's now third-party apps. And by the way, Walmart has their version, which is really a splash page right now saying, sign up if you want more news. We're getting ready to launch ours. Um, and there's programs like, uh, or platforms like Levanta, which have rolled out. And Levanta has its own big affiliate network and an easy way to manage that that you can use. So there's third parties that are now jumping into this too. And the question for us, if because if affiliate programs, and by the way, the way affiliates being used here is both affiliate, the classic version of affiliate, which is I put up a site with, you know, here's 10 great ideas for the holidays and here's links to them and I can get paid if you click on my link and go buy an Amazon. And um, content creators. So the you know, TikTok social, and YouTube, yep. it could be a social thing, right? So they're kind of looping them all together when we say affiliates in this. But, um, you know, all these programs make it much easier to do on a mass level. They collect the payments, they handle the payment parts of it, they handle all the exchanges. Um, Amazon's program is a black box pretty much still at this point. They're evolving it. Yeah. There's is you say what your product is, you say what your discount is, you say how much you're willing to spend, and then creators can just, or affiliates can just, do it. I mean, mm-hmm. They can just do it. You don't really accept them one by one. It's yeah. kind of a one-way marketplace. If you put your offer out there, then a bunch of them will, you know, maybe nobody responds to it, but maybe a bunch of affiliates do. Um, and 
they also changed that, and Amazon's been picked at a lot for this, but saying they don't pay enough for their affiliate programs historically. Yeah. Because they're paying, you know, oftentimes 3% for the affiliate programs where DTC sites are paying 20. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and Amazon's trying to change that. So if you're a seller launching this, you now have to offer at least 10%. And I think what people are going to find out, unless, until you're offering 20, you're really not going to get a lot of bites from affiliates is what I'm betting on that. Well, it's just interesting because if you're if you're a content creator affiliate, right, you got a website or you got a social following, mm-hmm. you have the choice between 20% sales through a website uh, of sales through a website versus, you know, 10% uh through a marketplace or 3%, 3.5% like right. it used to be, right? But yeah, obviously then the advantage of a marketplace like a, an Amazon or a Walmart is that conversion rate in theory should be a lot higher, right? Yes. That should be if Amazon is not going to provide the conversion metrics back to those affiliates and back actually back to you know us the seller, uh, then it's a little bit. I don't yeah, know, and we should get conversion box. metrics back. Their promises that the the black boxes you don't really pick. And, and I'll say we we previewed Levanta's um, platform, and one of our partners is actually launching a test, and we may be launching other tests on that. Um, but theirs is a two way, so you as the seller can go shop and say, I want. You know, I'm looking at different affiliates. I'm looking at Wirecutter. I want to make an approach to the editor of Wirecutter. You know, mm-hmm. I can do that. Or here's a bunch of content creators. I want to make approaches to them. I can go do that through there. Or they will come to you too. So it's a two-way marketplace for creators and affiliates with the sellers that they're creating. Um, you know, the interesting thing about that is it's all, you know, their fees are higher than Amazon's fees, I think, but then they have to be. But, you know, it's, it's, you know what your ROAS is going to be on that. The, the variable is time, how much time you're going to put into these. But what these platforms do is really reduce the time down uh, that you have to put in to, be, to do them. So they get pretty interesting. And, and our discussion has been, hey, this could all fizzle out, right? It could all be something that these efforts by Shopify, by Amazon, by Walmart, by third parties like Levanta, um, they could all fizzle out because a, a lot of things in the influencer space have fizzled out. Or it could end up being a big deal right alongside advertising of, yeah. How are we going to drive traffic into this? Well, we're going to spend 60% of our budget on ads inside the system. Or we're going to spend 40% of our budget on networks outside the system. Whether that's DSP, which Amazon's making the, the, the entry point for that lower from a cost standpoint too, or whether it's through affiliates and, and, and uh, content creators through their portal. The nice thing about it, you know what the cost of the sale is going to be Yeah, because they're only getting paid if they make a sale. So um, as opposed to the influencer pieces we've done in the past, which is you're paying for the content um, and you hope it makes sales. Here, the you know the quality of the contents on the affiliate or the influencer, it's not their responsibility because you don't pay unless it sells. So that's the conversation we've been having. We want to, I want to do a much bigger thing about this coming up, but um, is do, do we go into 2024 and at, at some point in 2024, do we start saying, hey, this is like the number two. This is not like a, nice experiment to do anymore. This is yeah. like your number two important traffic driver on a marketplace platform now, which is yeah. where Amazon, everybody wants it to be because I mean, they've grown because they've grown their retail advertising and their marketplace grown, but their retail advertising dollars are kind of captive visitors to the site. So if they want to expand the ad revenue they can, they can drive, Amazon's efforts right now are going outside the site. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think as, as we think about, you know, e-com, I think about it as traffic acquisition, conversion rate optimization, yes. et cetera. The traffic acquisition part through a direct consumer website to like a Shopify store or something like that, 
that is only getting more expensive, right? Yes. Uh, Facebook ads are more expensive. Google ads are more expensive. With this affiliate play, it's you know sort of increasing the importance or the sort of the value of an Amazon platform, right? Because you, like yeah. you said, the the cost to get the sale through an affiliate, you're driving outside traffic from off of Amazon to Amazon to drive a sale at a, a theoretically a profitable uh, return. So, um makes it tougher to justify spending those dollars on off of Amazon trying to drive through your e-commerce store. Yeah. So they're trying to, you know, increase the gap in the value of Amazon as a marketplace, yeah. which is cool. And and they're opening up a lot of new APIs because one of the interesting discussions with Levantant, and not to, not just hype on them, but I've talked with them and not talked with the others yet that are doing this, is that Amazon opened up a bunch of APIs. It's it's not like Amazon's saying these guys are the competitors. Amazon's opening up APIs to to platforms like Levanta saying, we want you to drive this kind of traffic in. Mm-hmm. We want you to have business doing that. Oh, by the way, we're going to have our own version of this Yeah. Um, inside of Amazon that you can use. Um, but this is pretty interesting. I think this is going to be, to me, I'm already, if we talk about what I think the big stories of 2024 are going to be, one of the big things for me is does do affiliate slash content creator sales driven sales become a much bigger part of the marketplace? Yeah. Uh, pie. Because I think it really hasn't been. It's been a big thing on DTC sites. It's been a minor thing on marketplaces because the administration is so difficult. Yep. Um, but this could really change. What do you got? What do you want to hit next, Andy? Uh, it's short topic here. Shopify extending the one-page checkout to all stores. Um, this is a unique thing. I mean, we've been so used to the Shopify standard multi-step checkout for the longest time, capturing email addresses and things like that. Um, I'm really excited to see how data, you know, proves this out, how imp- how impactful it is. And I think obviously we're still early here, but a, a nice, nice step for, for folks in the Shopify space to have that one-step checkout. So agree. Um, I'll go next then. Uh, fake reviews were a big topic throughout October. Um, Firefox announced they're introducing a review checker. They bought a company a while back called FakeSpot. FakeSpot looks at FakeSpot was an app you could load on and kind of test if reviews were fake or not. Mozilla, uh, the you know the company behind Firefox, bought them a year ago. They're going to launch that. Uh, they're going to launch integration of of FakeSpot into Firefox on November twenty first. So it's coming soon. They have it all ready to go. Not coincidentally, right before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, right? So obviously they're planning a big launch around this. Uh, they're going to build this right into the browser. I would expect Google to counter quickly with something because this would be a real, this would be an actual oh, functional Fakespot, advantage. Fakespot was a, on the Chrome uh, extensions marketplace for sure. Oh, I need, I didn't check that. That's it, well, at least call. it used to be. It used to be. I don't know if it still is. So, so Mozilla is now saying Firefox will include it native. Yeah. Um, and for your shopping, so you can spot obviously fake reviews. And, We'll see what Google does. Now, Amazon, there was also the Coalition for Trusted Reviews that was launched in October. We'll see what it actually does right now. It's just a fancy name for a multi-company coalition. Uh, But it's AmazonBooking.com, Expedia, Glassdoor, and TripAdvisor are the first members of this Coalition for Trusted Reviews to try and wipe out fake reviews. Expect other platforms. I would expect Google to either launch its own initiative or jump in with this one sometime soon, too. Obviously, a huge problem. And Shopify on this whole topic of reviews, cancel. They're discontinuing their Shopify reviews. Um, 
part of their platform. So it it was a kind of a base part of the platform for new sites. They're not if you have what's unclear is are they grandfathering in older sites that have this. But if you're starting a new site, um, starting in November, you can't put Shopify reviews on that. You can't use that anymore. Yeah, they are actively encouraging users to go to third-party apps if they want to have something similar. So stamped reviews.io and Smile were the three that were mentioned the most. But um, but Shopify say, Shopify just saying we think a lot of these are fake. We don't want to we don't want to invest time trying to figure that out. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna leave that to the third-party marketplace. Maybe we'll join this coalition. Maybe we'll look at what Firefox is doing. But we're not going to try and police that from here. We're going to yeah. look to others to do that. I mean, the the world of reviews on a Shopify site, like on a marketplace, is it's it's bad. You know what I mean? Like Shopify, I, it's even worse. Shopify, though. it's even worse because there's there's really no governance of it, right? If I wanted to uh, have ChatGPT or something create a thousand five star reviews, four and five star reviews for all of my products and have that show on my website. That's uh yeah that that I could do that and there's really nothing there so that that makes sense why Shopify was kind of bowing out of that game because it's not necessarily one that uh, is pro- easily solvable as Amazon yeah. has has uh, uh, found out over the years and so and it's less easily solvable on Shopify because they can't yep they can't control as much what users do on there yep that'll be an interesting progression to see as we go into 2024 is okay. Is there some some sort of standard for Shopify stores with validating uh, real life reviews that people actually purchase the products? That'll be an interesting one, that's for sure. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk holiday sales predictions, uh, Tim. I know you know we're still in the early throws here. It's early November here, end of end of October here, but right now we got we're seeing anywhere from down 4% to plus 10%. It's been all between. over the map. It's been much more over the map this year than in past years. Yeah. I remember on this. The thing that, you know, the best part about having the, you know, the, the prime day and, and the inventory policy with Amazon is like, I think we estimated what, 25, 30% down last year for some of our clients because of the inventory debacle that was at down Amazon. On Amazon yeah. yeah. And we did have some that were down 20, 30% for the holiday window. Yep. So, the now is consumer demand the same this year? Are we set in a position to recap that those lost sales from last year? Well, last year for the market overall was up versus prior year. Correct. Even though we had, and when we talk about down, it's down versus what we planned. Correct. Um, because in inventory, sometimes we, it was yeah. flat or up versus prior year, but it was down versus plan, and that's because we just couldn't ship an inventory, so it was just lost sales, lost opportunity. Yep. But the market overall, I think, was up three and a half to four percent last year. So four and a half percent, not much. The overall kind of aggregate of all analysts right now, last I checked, was around four and a half percent. So not much different than last year. Um, there's, you know, the economy is actually doing a little better. The perception of the economy is not necessarily better, but the actual economy is actually a little better than it was at this time last year. Um, there's question marks around: Did fall prime suck some of the air out of November and December? Don't know. Uh, fall prime though did have. Did it. Fall Prime was much bigger than last year. Um, the 2023 version was much bigger than the 2022 version, or it was bigger. I don't know how much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the analysis off of that said it wasn't a lot of pre-shopping for the holidays that was going on. It was a lot of people buying. We've joked about calling it the Costco, the fall, the fall Amazon Costco event because it was a lot of staples that moved. It was batteries, paper towels. Um, it was kind of the staples and restockables that people would be buying normally. They just bought on Amazon during that window. 
and that was that was way way up. But there wasn't a ton of pre buying for the holidays, so I don't really know how much that's going to affect it. Um, we'll see. We it, right now, it's analysts aren't sure. I think it's coming out to be around. Hey, it's going to be about the same as last year, around four and a half percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if if consumer sent you know, it's consumer behavior this year is even in line with last year. Uh, just because we're able to get more inventory to Amazon for might, our partners, yeah. yeah. And and the ones what won't happen is the ones who jammed all the inventory up last year, yeah, because they shipped in, right. You know, massive truckloads of stuff before fall prime day 2022 and then didn't sell it. And that's what caused the Amazon warehouse system to be overloaded. And then people like us couldn't send in stuff anymore. Right. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, but I think it was it was more small and medium sized sellers, which are what we kind of do, that were blocked. Yeah. The big giant ones had Probably their product in. Right. If you yeah. were Mattel, you had your product in. If you were Procter & Gamble, your product was in. You were one of the ones that was overloading the system. Yeah. Um, not one of the ones that got punished because you were less lesser priority. So yeah, we we'll will see how that we'll goes. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Um, speaking of that, we should just mention Prime Day. Prime Day did happen. Um, it's you know can't recap October without saying it happened. It was it was bigger than last year's Fall Prime Day. Um, Amazon won't say exactly how much. Uh, we have seen from uh, credit card aggregators that they, they believe it's about a four and a half. X increase over average daily sales were the average daily sales in the two days of Prime Day, which is a little bit more than the lift last year. Um, but it was, again, it was staples and not big item gifts. It was, we joked about it, calling it the fall Costco online promotion. Um, at the, some people thought right after this happened, this was going to be a bad omen for the holiday sales season. That's kind of been tempered since then. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The big change for us was, though, Amazon saying, instead of Amazon saying this is, a gap filler between the summer prime event and black Friday, Amazon was clearly positioning this as this is the kickoff to the holiday sales season, which includes black Friday on it. This is your leading into black Friday. And they were doing deals for two weeks in advance. And then for a week after they were doing prime deals on that too. So it was, they stretched it out much more. They did. I think they did position it better as a lead in to the rest of the fall. And in the end, we were worried about that gunking up inventory and gunking up the warehouses. But if that meant if that means a smoother holiday, because yeah. you lead into it earlier, that might work out better for everybody. So we'll we'll see. Jury's still out, but we'll see. On that yep, one. yep, yep, yep. Well, I think we got right time for one more. Tim, where where are you going? Oh, I think it, a quick two ones. We might be able to jump in here. So um, we t- should talk about. There's lawsuits everywhere. Um, yes. There's lawsuits and lawsuits and lawsuits everywhere. Um, we'll just roll through them real fast. Meta. The fun. The one that cracked me up the most here is Meta got sued for being addictive which Meta for years has talked about making their app sticky and make it so you want to come back and use them more and making sure that you, you know, the, the endorphins fire and everything, the dopamine fires when you use their app. And they've, that's been part of their business plan for years. And then suing them because they're addictive. It's like, th- this is, I think, if you're at Meta, you're saying, duh, well, no shit. This is what we've been trying to, you know, we've yes. been trying to make this. Um, and this seems like another kind of, election year running into election year kind of lawsuit that a bunch of so 42 u.s attorney generals and only 33 states so some u.s attorney general attorney generals joined without their state joining the lawsuit Hmm. um that's interesting um but this it's one of those like i'm not sure what you're trying to they do want to make their proxy repeat it i I think if you're meta you're just kind of going um 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know what, what the defense. What guys, I don't know what the defense to this well, or the damages. They've but. tried to make it addictive. So there's not a defense saying no, we haven't. There's a defense saying, well, what's what's the kind of addiction that you can actually file a lawsuit over? Yeah, is what it's going to come down to, right? Um, and is it the addiction of hey, kids, get off your phones? Yeah, kind of thing. And this is what it, this is what it feels like. This feels like Boomer yelling to 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 Zoomer, hey, kid, get off your phone so yeah. much. Um, so I don't know what's going to come out of that. The other quick ones are. Shine and Timu dropped their lawsuits against each other. Both were, both were saying the others were monopolizing the market. Both were saying the others were making suppliers sign loyalty oaths, all kinds of crazy stuff like this, and doing a ton of fake reviews. Fake reviews come back again. They dropped their lawsuit because they were just going to drain each other's cash on that one. Uh, Meta, because of all the issues they're going through in Europe, is going to be doing a, an ad-free monthly subscription for Facebook and Instagram. In Europe, and they have to because that's going to get them in compliance with EU laws to offer that. No word that that's coming to the U.S. It is coming to X, formerly the social platform formerly known as Twitter. Elon Musk did announce in October that they're that you're going to be implementing pay tiers. It's not clear right now what you really get if you're going to be on the free tier still, um, because the lowest pay tier is pretty much what the free tier is right now. So the free tier has to take some things away to make that work. And what that is, what is the, how do you even have a free tier if, yeah, I don't know. So I, you know, it'd be interesting if X goes all paid to be access to it. Um, and the others, there's two other Amazon ones that have emerged out of the giant FTT lawsuit, which of all these lawsuits is probably the most serious one, to be honest. Um, outside of, outside of Twitter being sued by X social media for trademark infringement, because there was actually a company called X social media before, but one is Project Nessie, which is Amazon's... This is all coming out of the filing documents for the FTC lawsuit against Amazon. Project Nessie says that Amazon used automation and AI to move prices around, to move prices down, for example, on Amazon Vendor until third parties would vacate a listing and then move prices back up slowly to maximize revenue. Um, Amazon's response was, yeah, <laughs> that's called retail. And Amazon's response has been, Retailers have been doing that for years. You dropped your price, so you can get customers to come to your store and and to beat competition on a product. And yeah, and then you maximize profits. So what's the big deal, right? Um, and another case of like, there's not a debate over what they did. Amazon just saying that's just normal retail practice that happens everywhere. We just automated it and did it better. Yeah. Why is that illegal? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, exactly. And the other one is that, um, uh, and this was kind of Friday's big blockbuster release is that Amazon is allowing junk ads on its system to juice revenue. So ads that aren't relevant to the search query that a Amazon user is putting in and allowing those on there to get revenue from them and to, to, to juice revenue or drive up ad bids and everything else. Um, and again, there is some, like some on our team, we reacted to this news and you weren't at the meeting Friday. We talked about this, Andy, but if some were like fraud, ad fraud, like incensed, right? Others were like, well, no shit. I see irrelevant ads on social media and broadcast TV and everything every day. So mm-hmm. the fact that there were a couple of irrelevant ones in search results, by the way, that Amazon makes no money on if they don't, if nobody clicks on them. So it was again the well, yeah. So so what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see on all of this. Yeah, I think the uh, transparency into the bidding and and everything is an interesting dynamic. We don't have time to go into today, but. Uh, more info. We'll have to follow yeah. up on this one for sure. Yeah, and I did want to hit um, some practical stuff at the end here. Um, and we won't go through the earnings results. It was basically, you know, Meta and 
Google both said their revenue was up, but both lost on stock price. And then Amazon said their revenue was up and Amazon went up on stock price mainly because they're now selling football ads for, in addition to their regular ad revenue. So they did well. The one that, um, or actually we could, we should cover these fast so we don't run too long, but one is there's some practical, we're going to mention AI in here at least once in the podcast, <laughs> but there's some practical uses of it. And these aren't true, like whiz bang, like AI saves the universe. Um, AI and, and augmented reality. So AI slash AR, I'm just lumping them together. But Google has had a series of beauty tools for years that you could use for, for that women could use to test lip color or eyeshadow for makeup. And you could take a picture of your own face. What would this makeup look like on my face for lips and for eyeshadow? They added hair color and foundation for that in mid-October, which is kind of cool. If you're in the beauty space, that's of interest. Amazon launched AI-generated ads. So that's also interesting for us, which means the practical application of it, and there's a YouTube video that we watched out that Amazon put out, um, is you can take your standard product shot on a white background and you can then do an ad where you put it on a background where it just looks more attractive. And right now, Amazon's saying, hey, those ads perform 40% better than just the standard ad that Amazon will pull your white background image on. And probably because it just stands out from the field of all the other ads. Yeah. But that's an interesting, a practical application of AI is, okay, I have, I have this product. I want to put it on a countertop. I want to put it surrounded by the ingredients. I want to take a grown-ass man shampoo bar and surround it by, that uses coffee beans as exfoliant now, surround it by coffee beans on the, on the tabletop, right? Yeah. You could do things like that within there, and it makes the ads more interesting. Uh, and then Meta is saying it has the same capabilities right now. So Meta's like, oh, wait, us too. Um, in Ads Manager, that they're rolling it out. So not all accounts have it. Some accounts do. We got to go through all our accounts right now to see which ones have this or not. But that for ads, they can do background image generation for your product as well. So if you have a main image you can send them, they can generate the backgrounds for it. And you can test different backgrounds uh, in Facebook ads or Instagram ads. Uh, you can also expand the image and manipulate the image. You can add text to it. Uh, the AI will add different text variations inside the ad for you. So there's some there's some interesting things there that allow you to do iterations of ads or dress up the assets that I think are pretty practical and worth just mentioning here for anybody running ads on those platforms. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we're 11 months, 12, I guess, about to this time last year was when some of the chat GPT stuff really chat GTB was the big event. That was the big bang that last, kind of started last the AI November. Talk. So to say that we're a year out and we're having some of these types of applications come out is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Even though I'm not, it's some of the whiz bang, some of the like, this will save the world tomorrow mm -hmm. stuff is kind of silly. I think not, we're seeing a more rational view of the AI market right now because the hype got over. Yeah. Yep. But now we're starting to see some practical uses of it. And those, uh, those are important. They're one, uh, the one we'll close on is one we'll probably come back to and talk to more because we need to be uh, thinking about this. But Google and Yahoo announced new email sending po policies, and these will impact if you're if you do a lot of email marketing. These could impact, and there's a lot of technical parts, which is why we'll come back to it later. But it used to be email authentication via SPF, DKIM, or DMARC were all suggested and recommended. They're going to be required, um, and so that may sound like gobbledygook to a lot of people. Oh, it is. There's a lot of gobbledygook. There's in there. a lot of gobbledygook in here, but it could mean that a lot of campaigns that people are currently running all of a sudden become yeah. illegal, and you could pay big fines for it. And um, so now it's now it's you know if you do email campaigns, sorting through what this new regulation is that came out late in October, 
and how it impacts things are going to be like right now if you have a spam rate of more than 0.3 percent you could get really you could get banned or fined um, is what this suggests now at that at the same point the reports on this are hey we're all sorting through what this actually means but the restrictions yeah. on email marketing became potentially much more serious well i mean there's just more steps to validate your email sending domain and then more accountability for bad actors and and the things that are not good so you know in the whole right this is a as a win for consumers right and ideally you'll be getting fewer spam messages and make it more difficult yes. to to get bad emails through but as a marketer who you know who's using emails uh, from people that have maybe purchased from you for you know a while ago uh, it could mean a, a change in how you do some things. So, oh, and we promised uh, talking about the new ads-only version of TikTok. So, briefly, what that is: uh, Amazon Inspire, which came out in January, was hyped at the time in January as a TikTok killer, and then kind of faded from from uh, a lot of hype. Had a rebirth um, as Amazon announced their connector, their Amazon Creator Connections platform, because that Amazon Inspire would be the primary channel that people would use that on. If you don't know what Amazon Inspire is, and a lot of a lot of people in e-commerce don't because it would launch with a big splash and then vanished quickly. If you open your Amazon shopping app and you go to the, there's a bottom menu bar and there's like little sparkles on or one of the menu choices. Those sparkles are actually Amazon Inspire, which is a bunch of videos by creators trying to sell products on Amazon. If you click on there, they get a commission for it. Um, again, it feels like if you watch it, it feels like TikTok with only the ads. Like take out all the other content have an only ads version of TikTok. That said, if you play with it, you might discover some interesting products on there. Um, whether this gets kind of reborn or re-energized by Amazon's entire efforts with their creator connections portal remains to be seen, but that's what the, the general prediction is that this uh, Amazon Inspire, which has been a disappointment in most people's eyes so far, um, could become a bigger deal. And again, to find it, you have to go to your... The only place you can get it uh, is on your... Amazon shopping app on your phone, bottom menu bar, little sparkles in the bottom, laying that out because as we talked about that, two other people in e-commerce didn't know where to find it. And our team didn't know where to find it either. So uh, if you haven't seen it, it's there. It's, it's really hidden for a project that Amazon said was going to be a big deal. If I, was a, if I was a creator creating videos and they were airing on this, I would be kind of pissed that Amazon's not making sure that any, Amazon's had this thing out for almost a year and most Amazon users have no idea that it exists. Um, but that could, that could be changing. Amazon seems to be rededicating itself to the whole creator influencer affiliate space. Yeah. That's a perfect one to close on. So again, this has been our October recap of everything in the e-commerce. That's, that's caught our radar. We appreciate you listening, Tim. Thanks as always. Thank you to the, you, the listener. We will catch you again next time. 